This is the Endurance Church Podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, today's message. We have all these different cultures here for one reason. It's because God is doing something. And let the annals record or let history state, why did Endurance Church succeed? Um, Because when I have uh, meetings with my coaching pastor, he doesn't know how we're going to be successful because there's no formula to make it work with a bunch of different cultures. There's not one music that works. Uh, There's not one person you can sit beside and you feel, okay, I want to sit here because I'm comfortable over here. Uh, This is a church that stretches you when you walk in the door. You're like, oh. You have to learn how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, I believe, in God. And I think that's how the early church functioned. What do we have in common? Man, you're from, you're from Greece, and you're from Rome, and you're from the tribe of Judah, and you're from Benjamin. But how are we going to come together? Jesus Christ. So my hope here today is that you feel the tug on your heart. That God's trying to do something very unique and very special here. We can't use the traditional models to make this work. So as you see behind you, you see these tables set up. And what we're going to eventually do in time when we have small groups, we're going to have a small group service where I'll preach a service but cut it like short, really short. And then we'll break into our small groups and try to discuss points of the sermon. Uh, We're trying to push small groups really hard because I believe that it's a door to discipleship it may not be the normal church model but my gosh God is working through our small group so I might as well work what he's doing well Um, we looked at the alpha video just so you know Uh, the alpha will not be on Wednesday alpha will be on Thursday so for those of you said oh I can't go because it's on Wednesday just so you know it's going to be on Thursday and the first alpha will be Thursday the 26th thank you thank you thank you um 26. Um, so check out Alpha. It's really good to hang out with these people to your left, to your right. If you looked at the video, there are a lot of people who aren't here that were in the video. Uh, we seem to do a really good job of getting people into small groups who may never come to this church. They may never walk in these walls, in these doors. It's okay because I believe that the body of Christ is just not these four walls, but the body of Christ is God's kingdom expanding into the hearts of everybody who's willing to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not the traditional model, but I believe that's what God's asking us to do. Is it risky? Absolutely. But I believe that's where God's leading us, so I might as well go to the deep because that's where he's at right now. Um, so I want to pray and get started. Father, God, I ask you with the brief time I have, Lord God, to speak through me so that you will get glory from this service, from our lives. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. And make sure all you mothers get your bottles um, before you leave. If you didn't get one, there's one, two, three, four, a couple of them still up here. So please make sure you get one. If not, they're going home with me. And uh, I have two little boys. <laughs> so for their health, please <laughs> take them with you. Um, well, when I was um, younger, uh, in high school, I transferred from St. Albans High School to South Charleston High School. And uh, my dad wanted me to go there to play basketball. My dad thought I was an awesome basketball player. 
I thought I was a better football player, but he thought I was a great basketball player. I was this height when I was in high school, and I, he wanted me to play point guard. Uh, so when I was a junior, we were ranked number 27th in the country. So he wanted me to play basketball, but I love football. So we had big tension about that. The challenge with going to South Charleston High School is they had a coach there whose name was, I won't say his name because it might be on there. He was a very strict coach. I'll just say this. If you understand the name Bobby Knight, does that ring a bell to anybody? Or Bob Huggins, that might not be as popular. But he was from the old school from West Point, that type of coach. The type of coach who was like, do what I say and don't ask me any questions. Just listen to me and be quiet. The type of coach that insulted you, that made you feel bad, that made you feel like you're not man enough if you're not doing what he has. I don't know if you've ever been around somebody like that. This is a different day and age. You see those type of coaches don't work well with our current uh, youngsters coming up. That doesn't communicate well. We have a whole new style of coach now. But when I grew up, this type of coach was the norm. And this type of coach had one M.O. that he carried with him. He believed in conditioning. He believed in running us. I remember I told you, I showed you a picture of myself when I was uh, not as huge as I am now, and I was like about that big, probably six foot one and 100 pounds, nothing but knees and elbows and hair. And I remember getting to this coach, and he would, you know, so you run like a girl is what he told me. I'm like, oh, no, he did not. Bash, you're weak. Oh, I'm not weak. I'm strong. You're not going to break me. So he would run us and run us and run us. And I get so upset and so angry because I was like, this is pain. I dreaded going to practice. Why? Because I knew I was going to run. And everybody would talk about it. You see, uh, the last bell of the day, all the basketball players would look at each other like, oh, man, are you ready to run? They were like, no, I'm not ready. So we ran and ran. But I never gave up. I had to push myself because I didn't want to be a quitter. Well, I thought uh, once I graduated high school, I'd be done with that type of coach. I got to college. <laughs> what do you know? The exact same type of coach run bass run so eventually i had to say i gotta change something because i don't like running nobody likes running nobody but what happened is i kept on running my body started to change where there was just bone <laughs> now muscle started to develop and one day I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, oh, oh my, <laughs> what is that? Because I kept on running and kept on pushing myself. My body was being built up strong, fast, and lean. And then I had to switch my mentality. I like the progress in my body. So you know what? I'm going to have a better attitude about running. I started saying to myself, I love running. Now, I didn't like the feeling of running, but I loved the results. And other people kept complaining and barking and being lazy and doing it half-heartedly. But I said to myself, I love running. I even had a, a rhythm in my head. 
this is, this is going to sound totally crazy. This is just what it is. When I was running, I go, shaman shaga shaga. Someone said, I would say that. I don't know what that meant, <laughs> but it was the rhythm I ran to. And when other people kept complaining and giving up, I'd be like, and I would outrun everybody. And eventually we had a coach, my college, who came from Clemson, a strength and conditioning coach. He said, Bass, I don't know what it is about you, but you run like a deer. And I'm like, I know. You know it? So I kept on changing and changing. Eventually, professional scouts came. They said, man, this guy can run. They said, he can run. He can run. And because I embraced the process, because I was willing to pay the price to change, when I got on the football field, I did things that people had never seen before. But I paid the price in practice. And this is my challenge with the church that we're always in game time, but we're never practicing. But the Bible has clear instructions that you need to train yourself so that when temptations and trials come, you can perform. Sometimes I get fearful when I see people struggling over and over and over with the same challenge. And I want to say, well, are are you preparing yourself? Are you doing what is necessary in order to perform well? Now, there's a lot of people during this day and time, they say, man, it's not about performance. It's about who you are in God and valuing who you are because God, and I'm like, yes, we're not talking about salvation in the sense of being right with God. We're talking about sanctification. We're talking about growing in your faith. We're talking about heavenly rewards. Did you think you had to practice to be a better Christian? Is that something you even considered a part of your walk with Christ? Well, I'm here to say God tells us to be in shape spiritually. And today we're going to jump into that a little bit. Let's look at this video and we'll get into the sermon. You keep playing this way, you won't beat anybody who's even good, let alone great. You want to make this team, then you better start playing at a level that's going to force me to keep you here. Again. I think we're getting out of here. Hey, where are you going? Back on the line. Again. Send them. You gonna be the first one to quit on me? How about you, OC? You ready to go down? 
Oh, I think I got my money on you, Vercota. Of course, you got a hot date in about an hour, but you're not looking too good for that right about now, are you? Send them. Again. common men because common men go nowhere you have to be uncommon again Herb this has gone on long enough everybody on that line somebody's going to get hurt everybody get on that line hey Again. Again. Herb. Come on, Craig, go to whistle. Again. Michael Ruzioni! Went through Massachusetts! Who do you play for? I play for... the United States of America! That's all, gentlemen. Who do you live for? Who do you live for? <laughs> there you go. Get, get high. You know, um, I talk to my wife about the sermons. Sometimes I preach and she's like, that's not what people want to hear. And I'm like, I'm just preaching what the, what the Bible says. She's like, but that people, that's not what they want to hear. I'm like, but I'm preaching what God's word says. I mean, what am I supposed to preach? Well, that's not what people want to hear. And sometimes I believe that the challenge with our walk is going past what makes us feel good and what sounds good to the truth. The truth is hard. John 6.6.6 says, when the disciples heard the words of Jesus a lot of them walked away. And they said, your words are hard. And then everybody left except for the 12. And Jesus looked at them and said, well, you leave too. And they said, where else are we going to go? You and you alone have the words of eternal life. Do you believe that? If you can, uh, we're going to look at uh, the sermons we've going to focus on this month. Um, Last week we talked about train yourself to know, understand, and comprehend and obey the words of Jesus Christ. 
Why is that important? Because if you don't know the words of God, how do you know if God is speaking to you? How do you know who God is? How do you know when he whispers? How do you define who God is without the scriptures? You cannot, period. You can make stuff up in your head and say that's God, but you don't know if it's God unless you can corroborate it from the text. That's why God gave us the text. It's tight, but it's right. That's how God made it. I didn't do it. God did it that way. His Holy Spirit confirms his word. And when he, do, when he does that, it gives you confirmation in your heart that you're going in the right way. Why is that important? Because a lot of times when you follow God, it gets tough. And if you're just trying to go down the easy path, question, is this the right path? Jesus said the straight path is narrow and rough. But it's right. Go back to the slide really quickly. Today we're going to talk about getting into shape, conditioning. It's a tough subject, but it's a good subject. If you can apply this to your life, you will see fruit. That's what God's looking for. Next week we're talking about working out physically, but more important, working out spiritually. Lastly, we're going to talk about devote your life to becoming a spiritual champion of God, meaning your attitude as a Christian. How should you respond to life? John F. Kennedy had this quote, whether you like it or not, it was a really good quote. He says, our growing softness, our increasing lack of, of physical fitness is a menace to our security. John F. Kennedy. Open your Bible to Luke chapter 6, verses 34 through 36, and then we'll also focus on 42b. This is Jesus going to the Sermon on the Mount. And when he's on this mountaintop, he gives these dictives, these edicts, these commands that help us understand what the kingdom of God looks like. The kingdom of God does not look like it does here on this earth. And he gives these beatitudes or blessings. And a lot of times I think people have the beatitudes misconstrued. They think the beatitudes are simply God's favor. But the Beatitudes represent God giving applause. He's saying, good job. Poor in spirit, mourn, good job. Doing good to those that hate you, good job. Keep going. But after the Beatitudes, he has this very subtle line that he adds in Luke that tells you how you get to the point where you can respond in a way that gives you God's applause. Look at verse 34, Luke chapter 6. And it says, if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? Think about this for a second. He's saying, if you give to the person who you know who is going to give back to you, what reward, what credit is that? That's, it's tough. If you give money only to the person who you know is going to give money back to you, he said, there's no credit in that. And you're like, uh-oh, I'm setting myself up. I know I've, heard, I've had conversations with some of you all about people who said they give money back. They told you they're going to give you money back. They told you the day, the time, and how they would get the money back. They even see you, but they still haven't given you that money back. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, they're taking advantage of me. 
God forbid they take advantage of me. This is what the scripture is talking about. Now look at verse 35. It says, no, no, let me, let me keep going. 34, and if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that of you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. He's like, that's what people who don't know me do. They give because they want to get back. He's like, there's no special thing about that. That's not what separates you from the rest of the world. If you're only giving to those who give back or who you know who are going to give back to you, as a believer in Christ, there's no distinction between you and those who don't know me. Does everybody at least have that? Whether you agree with it or like it, you at least see the scripture behind me. Yes. Verse 35, listen to this. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for what? Nothing in return. He is saying the exact opposite of what I want to do. He's saying the exact opposite of conventional wisdom. He's saying give to those people who don't have any intention on giving back to you. He's saying do good to those who are evil. As long as we know it's in the scriptures so that I'm not making it up. So if you're mad at somebody, it ain't me. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just preaching God's word. If you're mad at anybody, wrestle with the Lord. That's the point. If you don't like what's being said, don't walk away. Don't just say that's not true and that's not for me. That's not, you don't have that option. You, I guess you can but if you want to know God, you have to do the hard work and wrestle that text in the ground. You can't make that mean anything else than what it does. What is it saying? If someone's your enemy, love them. There's no stuttering. There's no context clues we need to look at. It's clear. This is a distinctive for those who believe in Jesus Christ. All right. Now look what it says here. It says, when you do this, when you do and hoping for nothing in return, he says, and your reward will be what? Great. It, this is something that took a while to sink in my brain. You, you get rewarded for when you do good to those people who are evil. You don't get rewards when you do good to those people who do good back to you. The only time you get rewards is when you show love, kindness, compassion to those people who are intrinsically not in alignment with God's will, who are adamantly hostile towards you. That's when you get rewards. Everybody see it? Now listen to this. And you will be sons and daughters 
of the Most High. But he's actually contrasting sons, meaning an older child, with children. This is actually a point of spiritual maturity. He's like, if you're mature, this is what you do. You love your enemy. You do good to those who are opposed to you. And you'll be a mature child in God. Listen to this. For he is kind to the unfaithful and the evil. Therefore, be merciful just as your father is merciful. What does he tell you? He's like, be like God, because that's what he does. God does good to the evil. God shows love to those who are opposed to him. And when you do what God does, you're showing maturity. Now, the problem is, is this easy? No. When I was talking about it, in your heart, there should have been conflicts. In your brain, you should have been saying, I don't believe you, Pastor. That can't be the Lord. I know. That's not the God of love. This is God right here. This is his heart. God shows love to everyone. Has someone done you wrong? Do you have them in your brain? Love them. Oh, we don't have tomatoes in here. Someone treating you bad? Love them. Why? Because that's what God does. You can wrestle with this all day. That's the beauty of our faith. God is big enough for you to have that wrestling match with. He can hang in there with you. That's honoring him and valuing him. When you know what God's word says, take it to him and wrestle that thing to the ground. Jesus talks about the Bereans who are more noble because they went and checked the scriptures to see if what the pastor was saying was true. That means they're noble. Do you trust God's word? Now let's go on here. Verse 40b, this is the most important part. Now I had to do some inductive Bible study tools here for you all in the Bible study. This is how I was able to pull this out. If you look at verse 36, it says, Be merciful just as just as or similar to, there's a simile there, your father. Verse 40b, it says, everyone who is perfectly trained will be like a simile, like his father. You won't be exactly the father. You'll be like. There is a repetition of a simile here in this text showing you there is a connection between what was said before and what is being said right now. And what was said before is he's telling you to do stuff that's in your brain like, I can't do that. How do you do that? How do you give to someone who hurts you? How do you love the people who are trying to hurt you, talking about you, slander your name, doing you wrong, down you, sabotage? How do you do those people good? How? Look at 40B. You must be perfectly trained. And you know what that word trained is? This is the whole thing coming around. Oh, we still out. Focus, focus. <laughs> perfectly trained. See it, you see at the at the very point. What it means to be perfectly trained, it means to be conditioned. 
It means you need conditioning. The word is kata oristo, according to down or to adjust. The last definition is full designation for use or bring into proper condition. You have the responsibility as a believer to bring yourself into proper condition so that you can respond appropriately to every context. You know the reason why the coaches ran me like a dog? Do you know why they ran me and ran me and ran me? So that when I'm in a hostile scenario in the middle of a football field, I can respond exactly the way I need to. You don't know how to respond in traumatic situations appropriately until you've been trained. That's why they train people in the military. That's why they train officers. That's why they train athletes. You're trained in these simulations so that when you're in the actual scenario, you can respond appropriately. Are you conditioned for Christ? That's the question today. What do you need to know? If the believer is in great spiritual condition, he or she can respond to tests just like Jesus. Can you respond just like Christ? I know. Some people say, that ain't me. That's so far away from anything I thought Christianity was. I don't believe that's Christianity. It's in the Beatitudes. It's his primary foundational sermon. He's saying this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. These are those who are blessed, who respond to tests just like me. What happens when things aren't going your way? Well, that's when you shine. Because you're going to respond like Christ. But the challenge is how can you respond like Christ when you have not been prepared to respond like Christ? You can't just respond any way you want and say, I'm walking with the Lord. I'm doing it the way he wants me to do it. No. I remember I was playing football again. You know, I'm going to give football now. I can give basketball analogies too, but I'm giving football analogies. I was out there playing defense. I knew it was cover two. I thought it was cover two. I was in cover two. I should have been in cover three. I should have been in another defense. And because I was out of position, the team scored. Now, if I have to be in a a particular situation, in a particular context in football, how much more do I need to be in the right place in God's economy, in God's kingdom, for his glory? The Bible says we're like athletes. We're like farmers. We're like soldiers. We're like business people. We're people who have to respond specifically to various situations. How should we respond? Just like Jesus. What do you need to know? It's the responsibility of the believer to get into spiritual shape. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility to prepare myself to respond in a way that honors God. There's difficult times that come, but there's also good times. But regardless if it's difficult or if it's blessed, 
I still need to respond in a way that glorifies Jesus. And that is tough at times. It's a challenge at times. How many people have been on a mission trip to another country? How many people have been on an outreach here in America? How many people have been to a prayer meeting? No, those are hard. I think it's hard to be in prayer. It's hard to do outreach. It's hard to go on mission trip because none of those things are intrinsically about us. It's about other people. Man, I need to save money to go to another country to tell them about Jesus? Can't they look on the internet? Can't they watch TVN? Can't I send them a video? Why do I got to go? Outreach? What am I outreach? They got, they got social services over there. They don't need me to go out there and tell them about Jesus. They need food. I don't need to tell them about Jesus. Go to a school and volunteer. Why do I need to go to school? They got people getting paid to do that. It's hard to respond Christ-like. As a matter of fact, without Christ's Spirit in you, it's impossible. But even if you have Christ's Spirit in you, Paul talks about being immature in Christ. A babe only needed milk. It takes maturity to respond like Christ. Why do you need to do it? So you can live like Christ. That's why. In this life, every obstacle, every challenge, every up, every down, every time we watch the sunrise in the morning, you put it on Facebook and I see you putting pictures of the sunrise, I'm like, I'm looking at the sun too. Every time you pray, you know what? I'm trying to pray too. Every struggle you have, every time you want to cry, every temptation you have, I got them too. Every time you want to give up, man, I want to give up. Every time you want to fold in a towel and say, man, this ain't for me, so do I. There's no difference. The thing I'm doing is I'm preparing myself. I'm not saying I'm any better. I'm not. Some of you are so much more gifted than I will ever be. You have more gifts in your pinky than I do in my whole body. It's okay. That's how it's always been in my life. I was never the best athlete. I was never the fastest or the strongest. But one thing I did do, I worked it. If we had a song right now, come on, work it. I don't know what work a song, but think of your mind right now, work a song playing. I worked it. I worked it because I can only control what I can control. I can control how many times I spend in God's presence. When I get in God's presence, you know what I do? This is the first thing I do every time. I open my hands, open my mouth like, that's what I do. I try to embarrass myself the first moment I step in God's presence to get all the pretense away. God forbid I'm a fake, inauthentic man of God. God forbid I'm not real about this. I'm all, what am, if this is fake, what am I doing? Don't let me be a fake person who's following Christ. This has to be from my heart. I got to really love Jesus. And that's the challenge. If you're not really loving him, then what? Work that thing out. Love Jesus. That's who you're going to be with forever, him. And if you know right now, man, my love isn't where it's supposed to be, work it. 
condition yourself so that you can fall in love with him. So that when he whispers, you can respond. Work it. So how can I help you remember? You're responsible for your own spiritual conditioning. Every year before training camp in college, we had to make sure we were in shape when we came back to college. And you could tell the guys who were not in shape. You know why? They came into the meeting room and they had black shirts on. They were trying to hide their out of shapeness to the coach. <laughs> but, but that didn't matter because you know what happened? Everybody got on the practice field. And as soon as we started running, all the people were passing out. They had not been practicing. They had not been training. They had not been conditioning themselves so that when the sun came, when the elements were hostile, they could perform in a way that made them successful. This is not about physical shape. This is about spiritual conditioning. Are you taking time out with the Lord? This is where we'll conclude at. Remember, conditioning is the key when following Christ. After the Reformation, the phrase came up that just shall live by. And we hear that term, right? And what, we, what do we think? All I need is to believe and then everything happens. It's, I just believe God, and then it all comes to me. I believe God. I don't need to do anything else. Just believe. I believe God and go about my life, and I'm a good Christian. Then James said something to give us clarity. He said, okay, just by faith. He said, you show me your faith by what you believe. I'll show you my faith by what I do. He's like, don't get it twisted. The demons believe and tremble. But God is looking for fruit. He's looking to see our behavior. And when we're saved, we have within us the ability to do what we did not have the ability to do before. Because God is in our heart, he changes our heart so that we want to do what he wants to do. But if you don't spend time with God, if you don't delight yourself in the Lord... How can you even have the inkling to do what he wants to do? God wants you to bear fruit. That's what he's looking for. And fruit is always representative of works. He's looking at our actions. This is not about salvation. The just shall live. Yes, it's by faith we are saved and faith alone, not by works, so that no man should boast. It's a gift from God. But our salvation, he says, work out your sanctification with fear and trembling. You need to work it. Grow. Spend time with God. Spend time with God in your family. Spend time with God in your neighbors. Spend time with God. And grow. And let God do what he needs to do in you. Can we pray? Father God, I thank you today for your word and your people and worship today, Father God. 
I thank, I'm thankful, Father God, that you're building us and you're grooming us, Lord God, to honor your name. Help us to walk boldly and bravely, Lord God. Help us to do what it is you've asked us to do. To walk the straight and narrow. To fall in love with you. Help us not shrink back, but stand for you and glorify you. In Jesus' name. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you have a prayer need, I don't know where you are in your walk with Christ, but if you're struggling in any area, we have a prayer team up here at the altar who will pray for you. Also, we have an altar here that we believe that you can come and sit in God's presence and wait for him to move. We believe God is powerful. The Bible tells you to present yourself, your bodies, as a living sacrifice. What's the problem with that? You're alive. So you have to make the choice. If you need a touch from the Lord today, the people who are working the altar today are available for you to pray with you, to hear your prayer, to encourage you. If there's someone here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, will you just really quickly raise your hand up and put it down and we'll pray for you? Is there someone here today you walked away from Christ and you want to be restored in fellowship? Just raise your hand where you are and put it down and we'll pray for you. See that hand. Is there anybody else? I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. Restore my heart. Build me up. Encourage me. Come into my life and fill me up with your spirit and your presence. Help me, Lord God, to be the man, the woman you need me to be. Lord God, I have weaknesses, but your word says, where I'm weak, you are strong. So I come to you again today, Lord, asking for your mercy and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap, please, for restoration. This has been a presentation of Endurance Church. For more about the ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash endurancechurch. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash endurancechurch.tv. Remember to live well and finish strong.